Men uh, flip around the television more than women, I think. Men get that remote control in their hands. They don't even know what the hell they're not watching. You know, we just keep going. Reva, no one to watch. What are you watching? I don't care. I got to keep going. Who was that? I don't know what it was. Doesn't matter. Isn't that your fault? It doesn't matter. I got to keep going. <laughs> women don't do that. See, now women will stop and go, well, let me see what the show is before I change the channel. You see, but men just fly. Because women, you see, women nest and men hunt. That's why we watch TV differently. Before there was uh, flipping around, before there was television, kings and emperors and pharaohs and such had uh, storytellers that would tell them stories as that was their entertainment. I always wonder if in that era they would get like 30 storytellers together so they could still flip around. Just go, all right, start telling me a story. What's happening? I don't want to hear anymore. Shut up. Go to the next side. What are you talking about? Is there a girl in that story? No, shut up. Go to the next side. What are you doing? I don't want to hear that either. Shut up. No, go ahead. What are you talking about? I don't want to hear that. No, the whole you. Get out of here. I'm going to bed. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of... IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies, all for you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, also known as the IPC, and we are broadcasting live right here on channel 1138.com, but also coming to you through the power of Podbean and iTunes and StarWarsUnderworld.com. That's just a few of the places you can find our great podcast, and boy, oh boy, do we have another Excellent episode for you guys tonight. We're going to be discussing uh, something we have really not discussed in detail before. Something that is going to be, I think, very surprising to some of you. Um, as you know, there's not a lot happening in the world right now. There's not a lot of new things to discuss. Certainly not movies, which is what we really like to discuss. So uh, we're kicking it old school, old style tonight, and it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. But before we do that, of course, introductions are in order if you are new to the show. My name is Ben, and joining me, as he always does, it is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Zach Arnold. Zach, what's up with you? Uh, Hey, buddy. Glad to be here, as always. It's always good to do the IPC with friends, and I'm, of course, a big fan of friends, so it's a good match for me, you know? What? Who are you and what have you done with Zach Arnold? What <laughs> is right, this? Ben, ben, calm down. It is actually me, your friend Stephen Schindler. Oh my god, you gave me a you gave me a scare there, buddy. You gave me yeah, a scare. I was not me, expecting that. Yeah, me and Zach, uh, we uh we were talking and then we were like telling each other how great the other person's lives were and all of a sudden As you at, do. The, at the same time we're like I wish I could switch places with you, and now we've switched bodies, and I have to like co-host this with you. I so guess. let let me get this straight: you are now <laughs> in Texas, broadcasting from a Whataburger. 
is this what's happening? Uh, and, apparently. <laughs> and, and Zach is in California. Oh, my God. This is just, this is too much. This is too much. Um, yeah, I've had to pretend I'm really into Jurassic Park, and it's been tough. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, Steven, it is an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show once again. It's been a little while. And uh, yeah, we've got something exciting to talk about tonight. You want to tell the people what we're talking about tonight? Yes. First of all, um, me and Zach didn't switch bodies. That didn't really happen. But second of all, we are talking about a classic sitcom. Maybe you've seen it. If not, you should watch it. Highly recommend it. What is wrong with you? (laughs) It's called Seinfeld. Yeah. Seinfeld. Finally, you know, you and I both are huge fans. Um, Shame Jake's not here because he's a massive fan too. And uh, Zach is apparently working his way through the show as we speak. And we'll hear from him a little bit later in the show. But, uh, you know, you you suggested this because I invited you on. And we're like... That that sounds fantastic just to talk about Seinfeld because I grew up on Seinfeld. It's not necessarily the best show to grow up on, right. but I grew up on it. I've been watching it literally since I was a kid. And, you know, one of my – easily my favorite TV show of all time and, you know, one one of my favorite comedies. So – Really going to be a lot of fun getting into it tonight because we're going to do a little top five later on, and we're going to discuss kind of the ins and outs of our fandom of Seinfeld, and, you know, it's just a great show. It's just a great show to discuss. I've never actually discussed it like this, so, like, it's real weird doing this, but uh, I can't think of anyone better to do it with, so uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, we're so used to talking about it so much outside of the podcast, and it's funny that's taking us this long to do it and it's like yeah naturally or like this is where you and i were like always heading to like talk about seinfeld on the podcast one yeah. way or another yeah it's uh you know we don't don't talk about a lot of tv shows on this show and you know we certainly don't talk enough about sitcoms even though we just literally did a, a live viewing of the it crowd which was great um the other week and but like it's so hard to sync with if you're listening to the show real cut <laughs> <laughs> because we have a, a several false starts that I will edit out for right. the, for the real version like stop no it's not syncing for me <laughs> you guys uh you guys listening in the future won't get that but Steven likes to listen to the raw recordings and not what you get sorry i'm sorry but uh <laughs> But, you know, Seinfeld is just it, – it's it's great. I, I love discussing it anytime we can, and, and it felt like a natural choice for right now. You know, we're all in quarantine. We're re-watching stuff that, you know, we love, and Seinfeld is one of those just comfort food TV shows that you constantly go back to. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Real quick, though, want to address a couple things, um, a couple of news stories that came out just recently. One of them – just today, um, so apparently, and this is, has nothing to do with Seinfeld, so don't don't even think about that. Um, it is superhero related, <laughs> which Jerry Seinfeld would very much appreciate. Yeah, um, he loves Superman. Yeah, so it's it's right in the ballpark here. So you did got the connections here. Um, so we got a Green Lantern series coming to HBO Max. Um, I believe this was previously announced. This isn't like super super new news, but. The fact that, like, the premise of this and what it's going to be 
is pretty darn interesting. So this is via Variety. I think they first reported this. And they say, quote, The show will depict the adventures of a multitude of lanterns, including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and Alan Scott. The Earth's first Green Lantern, who, true to the comics, is a gay man, and many more. <clears throat> the series will also include a fan favorite such as Sinestro and Kilowog, and will also introduce new heroes to the ranks of the Green Lantern Corps. HBO Max has ordered 10 one-hour episodes. The series will be co-written and executive produced by Seth Graham Smith and Mark Guggenheim, with Graham Smith serving as showrunner. Berlanti Productions will produce in association with Warner Brothers Studios. So, uh... Some crossover, obviously, Berlanti, Guggenheim, those were guys, you know, heavily involved in the Arrowverse, coming over to do this, and this sounds pretty awesome. I mean, we've kind of been waiting for a proper Green Lantern live-action on-screen thing, and this sounds like it could be it. Yeah, I mean, we did have the um, 2011 film with Ryan Reynolds, so lots of people didn't like it. I thought it was not as bad as people said it was, but it was just pretty generic i think yeah that's fair uh, um but yeah this series we've known uh, it was happening for a while and it even got like a little tease in crisis on infinite earths um you know that whole Arrowverse crossover ish thing right uh but i guess this is their confirmation that they're gonna they've ordered like 10 one hour episodes and Knowing that they're incorporating all these particular characters, it shows that they're really committed to like exploring different facets of Green Lantern. Because I have a friend who is a huge Green Lantern fan, and he can tell you there's like a lot to explore with, with that aspect of the DC universe. Yeah, like you know, from what little I know about Green Lantern, like it's very cosmic related. You know, there's a bunch of Green Lanterns, obviously. And, you know, there's so much history there. So, like, this sounds really interesting. And exploring it in a series, I think, might actually be the best thing they could do with this. Because, you know, they're f they're forcing themselves into doing certain things with, like, okay, you're doing a two-and-a-half-hour movie. You can only do this, this, and this. You can only do certain, certain characters. You only focus on one Green Lantern. And maybe tease some other Green Lanterns coming in the future. But that's about it. This gives them a chance to, like, okay, we can have ten episodes, ten hours of Green Lantern shenanigans, whatever that may be, and, you know, doing it on a TV, you know, show. And we know TV budget doesn't mean the same thing it used to. So, like, this show could be really cool, really good, and they're obviously investing heavily in HBO Max. So, like, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to seeing how they, they could cross this over. Obviously, some Arrowverse blood in this could be really interesting. Um, so, yeah, this this is very interesting. Yeah, the TV budgets look really good for shows like Doom Patrol or HBO's Watchmen. So I feel like we can expect a similar uh, high-quality sort of thing for this Green Lantern show. I think it'll look amazing. And really, HBO Max is becoming the home for like pretty much all DC shows and films. Like For a while, I was worried that maybe they shut down DC Universe, but it's being rebranded as a comics-only, like, online library, which right. which in my head was the best worst-case scenario. So I'm happy about that and still having, like, the digital comics library. It's so expansive and lots of stuff I would never have read had I never 
tried DC Universe. So, like, I it would have been ideal to have all DC content in one place, but it's not so bad having the comics on that site and the video content on this other site. Right. Yeah, I think, and you're serving, I mean, it's cool to have it all in one place, but also you're serving kind of two different audiences. You know, obviously, you know, comic book fans are, are comic book fans, and not a lot of people that are into the movies and TV shows are going to be necessarily seeking out the comics, but if you want the comics, they're there. So, you know, that's cool. Um, and having something kind of for, you know, the general public, HBO Max, kind of trying to hit all those people, but also for the hardcore fans to have this kind of, you know, DC Universe thing. This sounds pretty interesting. So, uh, you know, HBO Max is really shaping up to be, you know, this kind of this hub for DC, for a lot of DC shows, and just in general has a lot of great content. So, like, this this is looking really great. Yeah, like, I've been discovering old and new stuff on HBO Max because I got that, like, discounted deal that DC Universe subscribers got. So that, like, lasts for, like, six months, and I think after that expires, I'll probably subscribe again, um, depending on which months these new DC things come out, so it'll probably be, like, a thing where I rotate between services, but, yeah, I've been discovering some good stuff, like, recently rewatched you've got mail for the first time since i was a kid and <laughs> oh i like gosh. i like barely remembered anything about that movie and it was really good um and they got like looney tune stuff and rewatched space jam a couple months ago on there and i think they still have lord of the rings and i recently rewatched the blade trilogy for the first time in a while i think yeah. that one might have left but it's cool how there's like a lot of different things hbo max has to offer yeah, I, I had it for a couple months, and, like, I remember going on there and just, just scrolling through it, and I swear I scrolled, like, n- almost nonstop for, like, ten minutes. Like, there's so much content on there, and, like, gets crazy, so, uh, you know, this is, and obviously introducing this new content for their franchises is, is really great, so uh, I'm, I'm on board. I might have to re-sign up for... HBO Max when this comes around because this is sounding pretty good. So, another quick thing that came up and uh, from the other side of the coin, Marvel, um, we got an announcement um, from the Hollywood Reporter stating that Benedict Cumberbatch is back as Doctor Strange. And you're saying, well, okay, well, well, you know, no big deal. He's going to be back, obviously. Doctor Strange 2 is coming. No, 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 no. He's going to be back in Spider-Man 3. So, Spider-Man Homecoming 3, I guess is what we're calling it now, Something Home, um, is coming, is going to be in production, I guess, sometime soon, so maybe sometime next year, and uh, Cumberbatch is back as Doctor Strange. Um, I don't know if this is based on, like, any known facts or just them speculating, but they're saying that he's going to be in a mentor role for Peter Parker in the similar vein as Tony Stark, so... That could be interesting. I think just you know utilizing the relationship that's already there between Strange and Peter Parker, I think, is just interesting altogether. But you know the combination of like what could be going on here. Obviously, Strange is going to be going into the multiverse of madness and introducing the multiverse and doing all this crazy stuff. And we we know Spider Verse is a thing, so the people are already speculating about that. But also just the idea of like. 
Peter Parker's in a really bad spot now, having his identity, like, outed. So I'd be curious, like, is Strange going to help out with that? I don't know, but this, this sounds really awesome. Yeah, and Doctor Strange, like, his whole character is somewhat similar to Tony Stark, so... Very much. It's not... It's not surprising that they'd go with him as a pseudo replacement. Um, but, like, is, is Sam Raimi still, like, going to be the one to, like, do this movie? Like, is that still a thing? Okay, so I believe the word, the last word that I heard, it was that Sam Raimi was directing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Okay, yeah, that's what comes up when I Google it. So, I think like, I think John Watts is still attached to Spider-Man 3, I think. Oh, right, okay. So, yeah, Sam Raimi would be directing Doctor Strange, John Watts, Spider-Man 3. So it'd be interesting if they do go the Spider-Verse route and, like, do what, like, the fans are clamoring for, which is, like, <laughs> bring back Toby and Andrew. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, we got that report recently that Jamie Foxx may be returning as Electro, although... I got the impression that it would be, like, the MCU's version of Electro, kind of in the vein of, like, their version of Jameson, who is different yeah. from, like, the Raimi Jameson. Yeah, it really, it, it seems to me, and I'm not even sure we talked about it on the show, I feel like we did, but, like, the idea is that, like, they just, like, were just, they cast him in those Andrew Garfield movies, and they're like, okay, we, we liked him in this role, let's just do it again. And then, even though they haven't, it hasn't been confirmed, Jamie Foxx, like, immediately went on Instagram and, like, going, oh, yeah, I'm going to be back, and I'm not going to be blue this time, and all this stuff. And then his post disappeared soon after, so they're trying to keep the <laughs> lid on it. And Jamie Foxx just spilled the beans, but this is happening, apparently. So you've got, you know, you know Cumberbatch is strange. You've got, you know, maybe a newer version of Electro played by... Thing. And, you know, they could play with that. You know, you could have both versions of Jamie Foxx's Electro in there. Like, it, they really could do so much. And I think throwing Cumberbatch in the mix, like, what do you do with that? He's obviously going to have these multiverse-type powers where he's kind of jumping between dimensions. What could that entail? And, like, I would be shocked if they don't try to capitalize on the success of Spider-Verse being that it is their own property. Sony, it's, it's all in the same family, per se. Um, and that movie is just ex extraordinarily popular. Um, the idea of, like, dipping into that and going, okay, yeah, we're going to play with this a little bit. We're going to maybe, you know, obviously, Miles Morales is having a huge, like, you know, game here. Um, he's going to be back in the video game. Um, so, like, I don't know if they're going to do Miles, but they definitely could, like, I would not put it past them if, you know, you got Andrew Garfield back, you got, you know, Tobey Maguire back, like, it could happen. Right. Yeah, and I forget, have you ever seen Amazing, the Amazing Spider-Man movies? I've seen the first one, not the second one just yet. Okay, so, in the second one, so, like, Jamie Foxx is a really good actor, but I found the portrayal of Electro in that movie to be very cringeworthy mm, okay. <laughs> like like he was like a kind of a stereotypical nerd type of character who becomes like a spider-man fanboy and then gets upset when spider-man doesn't 
recognize him again. Oh, and, boy. And, yeah, like, I, I hope, like, with the new version of Electro that they, that they, like, do him better this time around. Because I wasn't a huge fan of the Amazing Spider-Man 2 portrayal. And it wasn't his fault. It was, like, the the way that, like, the character was made for that film. And I think just and, – and this is just totally my opinion, but, like, I, I think with, like, the Marvel-adjacent properties, whether you're talking about, you know, the Amazing Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man trilogy, the, the X-Men movies, like, I think the, all those movies are, like, good in their own right for the most part, and they, they do, like, interesting things, and it's full of, like, really great choices and excellent casting choices, but sometimes there's just, like, one or two things that just screws with it. And just makes it off kilter so that kind of ruins it. Whereas this is almost a way to redeem that and say, look, yes, you know, obviously Jamie Foxx, incredible actor, like a good choice for Electro. Let's just do him right this time and give the actor, like, give him some good direction and some good writing and actually let him actually take this character and do it right this time. Like, that's intriguing. That's interesting. I think that's the right way to do it instead of like just going, okay, we're going to throw everything our way and start from, from scratch. Like people already know him. And, you know, I think people are, are well versed enough to realize, okay, this is a different version of the character. And who remembers Amazing Spider Man 2 anyway? <laughs> yeah, it, it does have memorable moments, that movie, but it, it definitely wasn't like the best like spider-man 3 is at the bottom of where i'd rank them but the two amazing spider-man movies are like right above that so yeah there's yeah. like there are some improvements that those movies could have used in places um so i'm really glad that jamie fox could potentially be coming back and they could like do a better electro for him to play so that really excites me yeah, I, I think that's. I mean, ultimately, this sounds like a really good idea of like, okay, let's let's give Jamie Fox a second chance and connect these universes. Maybe take advantage of the multiverse. Maybe not, but ultimately, just you know, do right by this character and, and give it a second chance. Um, so this is Spider-Man Three is shaping up to be pretty interesting. Pretty interesting movie. I mean, I, I'm I'm high. I, I love the new Spider-Man trilogy so far. I loved Far From Home, genuinely one of my favorite MCU movies, so like, you know, keep this going, you know, pull this all together, and what they set up in Far From Home I think could be super, super crazy good. Like, I am stoked, so, and adding Strange, adding Electro, like, that's really excellent choices. Yeah, I do hope that they really invest in this multiverse idea because, like, DC is going that route as well, and I would love for Marvel to, like, do that too in, like, the live-action stuff because it, it might feel similar that they're doing, like, the same idea on their ends, but I feel like the execution could be different. There's lots of possibilities, and I think that the multiverse is where comic book movies should go right now it'd be really fun well i mean we already see dc doing this you know yeah. dc's already kind of introducing the idea and getting the audience used to it i think it's marvel has to follow suit like they have to they've already done time travel do multiverse and i think they already did with like mysterio like that was kind of a bait and switch in far from home like oh yeah oh like oh there's a multiverse but no there isn't because mysterio is a big liar but they still planted the seed 
the idea that the multiverse is out there. So I think they, I think it's only proper that Spider-Man Two, you know, introduced the idea in the MCU. Well, Spider-Man Three comes along and actually delivers on that, and we get some multiverse stuff. And I think that's a big clue right here. Just having Cumberbatch involved as Strange, I think that's your clue right there. That you know, this is not going to be your run-of-the-mill Spider-Man movie. This is going to be something completely different. Maybe Doctor Strange will encounter other versions of himself, but they will be called Doctor Stranger and Doctor <laughs> Strangest, and there'll be varying degrees of strange. Oh my gosh! Yep, that's uh, I'm all over that. Yeah, do that, do that, Feige, do Hashtag that. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back. Bring <laughs> it back. Okay, so I think it's time to get down to business here. It's time to get down to what we came here. We all sat down to discuss, Move and on. that is, <laughs> you know, you're you're a perfect replacement for Zach because you just derailed the discussion in any in any given point with tangents. It's great. Well, you said let's get down to business. <laughs> Naturally, I had to. <laughs> you just picked up on it. just like that, just like that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Seinfeld, Seinfeld, show that, I mean, it really speaks for itself. I, I don't, I, I'm sure there are people out there that don't really care for it or whatever, but I don't know them. All, I, all I've ever known is people that, that love Seinfeld. Like I said, grew up on this show. You know, it really is such, I, I think it's a master class in comedy, in storytelling. I don't think it gets enough credit. I think, you know, a lot of, you know, Comedies, especially going back to the six sixties and whatever, you go back and watch, you know, the Beverly Hillbillies or whatever. Like, they're good, funny shows, but they're not like strong in characters or storylines. It's mostly just make people laugh. That's that's the whole thing. I think Seinfeld, yes, it's very stupid. It's very funny, but it also <laughs> it treats the audience with it, it doesn't hold their hand. I think, and it treats them as as they are as smart. And I think that just, you know, you, you first start out with a show and it's very, you know, just this kind of standard sitcom, these four friends kind of making it through life, but then you keep going in towards the middle of the season series. It really just amps up the absurdity of like, how can we interweave these stories together to where, you know, you have four different characters on completely different, you know, doing completely different things, but somehow they all affect one another at some point. That's one of my favorite aspects of Seinfeld is just how it manages to to weave everything together and do it just so brilliantly and just like, oh my gosh, you know, it's 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 mind blowing what they do with this show. But I want to give it, throw it off to you, Stephen, because you know, obviously, we all have history with this show. What what are your kind of history with Seinfeld? What are your first memories of it? How did you kind of get into it to begin with? So I think at some point in elementary school, I was like watching The Simpsons like every night on Fox. <laughs> and I was like at a point where like I only watched cartoons. And so whenever like something live, a live action show came on, I'd be like, you change the channel or whatever, you know, that whole thing. But <laughs> But I think it was in, like, um, 2006 that I gave Seinfeld a shot, like, seeing reruns on TV. I was, like, around 12, I think. And I started thinking, you know what? This is actually pretty funny. And, like, 
my grandparents on my dad's side and my dad as well like really love the show and uh, they consider it smart comedy as well i kind of put that and fraser into that category i'm not really sure how to like define smart comedy i just know that those two would be in it and you know, it's it's not like the Big Bang Theory where it pretends to be smart, you know. it's <laughs> You're right, yeah. <laughs> like, it's legitimately, it feels well-crafted, and it's, like, legitimately funny. Like, the laughs feel earned. Right. It, it, it is, you know, it kind of, it's it's playing to you, and it, and it like, it, it, it kind of introduces the idea and kind of pulls you along the story, and, you know, it even has a long memory in certain cases, you know, keeping these running jokes going or whatever. And, you know, it does – it is a true sitcom in the way that, it, you know, it kind of does reset after every episode. But it still keeps these characters, kind of develops them a little bit. And just the – within each episode, it's just brilliantly written to the point where it's not just like – it's not just about the last. It's about, oh my gosh, this is completely absurd and also yeah. it's completely brilliant because of, you know, what Kramer does is affecting what, you know, Jerry's doing and what Elaine's doing is what affecting George is doing, you know, and they all intersect and they combine. It's just – it's really, as you said, it's smart comedy. It's 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 It makes you – I don't say it makes you think, but it does. It, it does make you think. It, it does, you know – it, it, it makes you, you know, pay attention. Yeah. So, like, me and my brother, Alex, we absolutely love watching Seinfeld. And when we've watched together, we'll, like, have these moments where, like, you know, we say that Seinfeld is episodic, but it does have continuity where, like, some stuff carries over and there are running gags. And so, like, it, it's always funny when we, like, look at earlier episodes and, like, there will be that episode where George is trying to think of a fake name, and he's like, Art Core Valet. And we're like, oh, that's where he, they start the whole, like, Art Vandalay, like, gag sort of thing. You know, the architect. Yeah, I, I love the things like that, because you do have those certain things that come up, and then... You know, they'll have those arcs where, you know, you know, Susan coming in and him getting engaged, like that's a whole thing that happens over a couple seasons or maybe just one season. But like it's these things and that they kinda of keep coming up and they keep self referencing themselves. And I you know, like I said, I I grew up on the show, you know, I th I don't even I can't even remember the first time I watched it. I've watched it for so long and I would watch it on just on T V. It would just be on for some reason. And, you know, when my family was home, we would, we'd watch it. They've been watching it probably since before I was born. So, like, you know, it was already in the cultural zeitgeist. And, you know, I swear, it was almost to a ridiculous degree for a while. My dad would, like, we'd be in any situation, any situation. He'll still do, the, still do this, just not as much, but he still does this a few times. He'll like, what episode of Seinfeld does this remind you of? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Dude, this is really not the best time for that right now, is it really? But, like, he's not wrong. Like, there's so many instances where, like, Seinfeld is ridiculous. It's just stupid comedy sometimes. But it's also extremely relatable. You've all been, you know, waiting an ungodly amount of time for a table at a restaurant. And you standing there and you see people getting seated in front of you lurking. What's going on? That's what happens in the Chinese restaurant. Like, that's that's that episode. It's a true show about nothing, but it's also a show about life. But it's just 
amping up the ridiculousness and the heightening of, you know, oh my gosh, this is just absurd. And so I think that's why it's it's absurd, it's crazy, but it also has this baseline of, okay, you can actually relate oh, to this. Do, I've do, do, been do, do, in situations do, do, do. like this. Yeah, you said baseline, so I just had to try it like that. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I was wondering what you were doing there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, thank you for that. One does not simply walk into a joke. <laughs> But um, okay. So let let's start. Let's start with the basics here. Favorite character. It doesn't have to necessarily be the big four. It could be someone extra. I'm not even sure who I'm gonna pick. But do you have a favorite character from this show? Uh, this is a tough one. So like, I don't know. I feel like Kramer is somewhat relatable to me. Like he'll be just unapologetically himself. But I feel like George has more of the funniest moments overall but he's like despicable as a human being at the same time so like (laughs) between the two it's like really hard for me to choose my favorite character between those two for different reasons yeah those are two great choices i think i think i'm gonna go with kramer just the simple fact of he's He's still relatable. He still has, you know, things. He's, he's brutally honest sometimes, but he's also just this almost caricature. He's surrounded by generally what is, you know, you would consider like seemingly normal people. George Costanza, Elaine Bennett's, like all these guys are, are relatively normal. They have jobs or whatever. Kramer's just off doing his own thing all the time. He never has a job. He never does anything, but apparently lives up a seemingly normal life, mooches off his neighbor. Like it's insane what his character is and like what he does all the time. And so you take him seriously and he's constantly, you know, and the fact that the characters in the show are like, I don't know what to do with that guy. I seriously, like, where does he get money? Like, yeah. Cause like in the very first episode, the Seinfeld Chronicles, there's like some weird stuff there where Kramer looks like, he might be like kind of like not doing so well on money, like just based on how he's dressed right. or whatever. And you also got like, you know, Jerry's stand up scenes in that first episode last longer than in later episodes. So you see like what they needed to tweak. And I think Kramer was even called Kessler in that first episode. And they referenced that later on when there's that flashback to him and Jerry's first meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, you can definitely see like early on, you can see that they're trying to apply a little bit of logic to to, to Kramer. Like for example, the Chinese restaurant. Like he's not in that episode, and their logic was that like, oh, he's he's a weirdo. He's not. He doesn't go out with them all the time. Like, he doesn't go out to restaurants. And you know, maybe that was part of like, oh, he doesn't have money or whatever. He's kind of down on his luck. And then they just. As the story progresses and as the show progresses, they're like, we don't even care. Like, just make right. him more ridiculous. <laughs> and just like, he's this guy that just flies with a seat of his pants, somehow exists, and, you know, has all these connections and all this money and, you know, women all the time. Like, it's just insanity. Yeah, like, Kramer's life doesn't really make sense <laughs> if you, like, really think about it. But at the same time, it's like you don't really need to think about it because he's, like, just that entertaining. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he's just, I mean, I, I think, in my opinion, some of the best, like, gags come from him. Like, some of the best, like, biggest laughs. He's such a physical actor, you know, and, you know, some of the, the skits and stuff that he does is just really, you know, him setting his hair on fire when he's got the, you know, the cigars to, you know, flipping over the couch how, how many times. Like, just, it's, they, they add this, like, He's like a cartoon character. Like everyone else is like a normal person. He is a cartoon character. Yeah, and sometimes he actually has some good ideas. Like the coffee table book about coffee tables that like itself has like these little stands so it can It's like... actually a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he has like a good mix of nutty ideas and really good ideas. So that's a lot of fun to explore. Yeah, and then you're still like, what? Why is he doing this? Like, he doesn't clearly doesn't need money. <laughs> like, he's just. It's. I mean, Kramer is Kramer, and I think he's a standout character. Just the fact of he represents, I think, everything, all the best parts of Seinfeld. It's the you know the the lower end, you know, absurdity to the just ridiculousness that you get. Um, so it's, it's, he's just great. I love everything he's in. He's great. Um, favorite guest stars. Now I know I just said characters overall, but like limiting it to just guest stars of people that have been on a few times or just recurring guests. I mean, I guess you could, I guess everybody besides the main four or like could be considered guest stars, but you know, I've got a couple in mind. I don't know if you do. Um, yeah, I kind of. So I put this in the show notes, like, favorite guest stars slash recurring characters. And, like, the more I think about it, I feel like there are, like, when I think guest stars, like, there's not a lot that come to mind that are just one episode. It's like you have lots of characters who come back multiple times right. and they're really entertaining. Um, so I guess, like, you know, like, in terms of recurring characters, I'd say, like, you know, George's parents, like, their whole thing. George's parents their... are, like, they're acted brilliantly and they're written brilliantly. Like, everything about it is just absurd. And I love them. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, originally George's dad and Jerry's dad were each played by different actors. Yeah, and then, like, you know, going forward, it's like you can't imagine anybody else playing those characters, like... Right. Jerry Stiller is like a legend. Like he is like born to play that role. And but it was a different guy that came in and they actually reshot like one of the this first episode because they changed the actors mid midstream. Yeah, and I also thought it was pretty funny how like George's dad gets along very well with Kramer. <laughs> and okay, this is another weird thing, but like I think in the first episode where it shows George's mom, she says that Kramer is like trouble or something, but in all subsequent appearances, she seems to like really like him. It's it's just one of those weird continuity errors that you just ignore just for the sake of the show. Yeah, there is some, there is some weird stuff. You know, there, there's obviously, um, like you said, I think there's some some changes in some in some last names along the lines of that. Yeah, it's just all kinds of. You know, crazy stuff. Um, for me, I think like there's a lot of there's a lot of good ones. Like I love Brian Cranston. I I, I I think him playing Tim Watley and and just like 
going back to knowing who Brian Cranston is now, and then going back to him as Tim Watley like several times, and the whole anti-dentite thing. It's just it's it's brilliant. Um, and if we're talking about guest stars, cannot go without mentioning John Favreau as the clown in that one episode. That's right. He was in that episode, <laughs> and he's like such a chameleon because like you don't he like he's so young and like he's obviously in face paint, so you don't recognize him. And I'm like you know I, I love going because my my dad also loves the Mandalorian, so I'm like and he recently saw Iron Man. I'm like oh yeah, the guy that created the Mandalorian, that's him. That's the clown. <laughs> he's like blew his mind. Yeah, and it's funny because like when he said John Favreau, I was trying to remember who he was. I was thinking of like the character he played in Friends, and then I was like, oh, wait, wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> He's everywhere. John Favreau is a busy guy. Busy guy. Um, Do you have a favorite moment or a favorite specific... Yeah, I, I knew, as soon as you wrote this in the notes, I knew what my answer was going to be, and I'm curious what yours might be. Oh, yeah, I'm so... I wrote this uh, in the notes, but I knew that it was going to be tough. And so, like, I kind of shot myself in the foot with that one. If um, I can go first, if you need a second to listen. I, to, to, so, I got this. All right. I, I might say, like, more than one that come to mind. But, yeah, go ahead and go first. Hey, it's your question, so you can you can break the rules all you want. Um, mine is the gag. I don't know. I can't remember. what It's the statue episode. It's where... Um, the guy comes in to clean Jerry's apartment. George finds the statue, and then they think he's stolen it, and they're doing the whole back and forth this thing. And um, Kramer just goes – probably my favorite moment in the entire series is when Kramer just goes to the guy's house and pretends to be a cop. And he's like – just Make love to the wall, you pervert. <laughs> And he just keeps, like, going through, and he's looking around, and he pushes the guy against the wall, and the guy, like, will slowly turn around and start looking at the like, camera, like, well, you sure you got the right guy? I got the right guy! And he points his <laughs> finger at him, and the guy puts his face up against the wall again. It's hilarious. It is to die for. It's so good. And, uh, you know, just all around, just the acting and the writing, everything is brilliant. Yeah, that's a really great scene. And, like... It ends up being, like, all for naught because, like, at the end, like, Kramer, like, I think throws a statue and just... He, because George is holding it and he, like, slaps him on the back of him. Falls right, and right. it breaks. Like, it's so... <laughs> he, uh, he made it and then he screwed it up. Yeah, such is life. <laughs> um, yeah, so one of the moments that came to mind for me is... I think we actually talked about this on the 300th episode was when George is asking Jerry about how much he paid for that jacket with the stripes on the inside. Oh, yes. Yeah. So he's like trying to guess like how much it is. And he's like, well, 500 is, did you pay 500 for this? You are sick. You are sick. I don't know if that's the exact number, but he says something like along those lines and it's just so good. I wonder how many takes that took. Yeah, it's it's a, that's a funny scene because like he keeps going off like if you don't say anything in the next ten seconds, I'm gonna assume it's over a thousand dollars. And like Jerry, just of course he's gonna mess with him, and he and he keeps saying. And I've watched a lot of like behind the scenes stuff for Seinfeld, and from what I gather, and for what like other cast members say, like uh, you know uh, what's his name, um, 
who plays George? I was right on the tip of my tongue. Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander. See, podcasting, it just does something to your head. I was going to say Jason Alexander. (laughs) He just is George. But Jason Alexander is apparently, like, a really great actor. And I think I think it shows in this show. I think he gets kind of undercut because it's like, oh, it's a sitcom or whatever. But, like, you can tell, like, he is George Costanza. He plays just this lovable scumbag and is totally just you you're just enamored with him you you root for him even though he's doing just these stupid terrible selfish things all the time yeah. you totally buy into him and you're rooting for him for some reason and it, and it's just great i think Jason Alexander really sells it and so back to your question probably not very many takes i would assume Jason Alexander probably nailed that because it's he's just great yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it only took him one take. Uh, I think another really good George moment is uh, in the big salad when he's like, he says to Elaine, but you just have to have the big salad. And he's <laughs> waving his arms. It's just such a memeable moment. <laughs> it's, yeah, there's so many moments like that. And again, you know, not taking anything away from Kramer, but George also can kind of be this cartoony caricature type character that's so funny and just ridiculous um so yeah i i love george jason alexander and he's he hasn't been it's amazing he hasn't been in that many other things like you think he'd be in all kinds of movies but you rarely see him in anything else um right like he has voiced cyborgman on the harry quinn cartoon but i I heard about that, that i can't think of like any other recent things yeah there's a there's a couple things i can't think of anything because like you like you'll just see a random movie like oh my god that's george like it's it's very very surprising um okay this is something i want to talk about because this is something that i have i I grew up of course watching this series finale to seinfeld and i never really thought it was that controversial like i quite enjoyed it i think it's pretty good but apparently it's very controversial apparently a lot of people hate it (laughs) <laughs> um, so I'm curious, where do you fall on this, Stephen? Because I, 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 I actually like it. Yeah. So where I stand is, I think this is the finale that made the most sense for Seinfeld because, you know, they're all like pretty terrible people at right. the end of it all. So it's very fitting. And, you know, you get all the cameos, which was a lot of fun. And I, I think the problem at the time was, that, like, I think much of the TV audience was not really into, like, they didn't quite understand, like, um, well, maybe that's not the best way to put it, but, you know, like, you know, there were other sitcoms and people fall in love with the characters, and I think what they were expecting was a traditional sitcom ending. So, like, I think there was even a rumor that, like, Jerry and Elaine would finally get married, and there's even, like, a little reference to that in the finale that feels really out of place when like the news reporter is like some people are speculating that jerry and elaine might get married by the end of this trial and it's like is that like a commentary <laughs> on like tv sitcom fandom or like what is that um but yeah, yeah. I, I think this was like a perfect finale for the show uh granted we did get another finale of sorts on Larry David's show, Curb Your Enthusiasm, on the episodes where they're 
filming a Seinfeld reunion, and that was pretty good too. But I had no problem with this series finale. Yeah, and I'm sure, like back in the day, you know, '98 when this was when this was all going down, like I'm sure, you know, expectations always play into these. You know, you you watch a show for you know almost ten years, like Seinfeld. You know, you're gonna go in with certain you know expectations in regards to like what you want to see in this. And anybody like you're perfectly, I think anybody back then would have been perfectly within their right to like expect certain things or, or, or think this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen, whatever. They're gonna you know end the show this certain way. And, uh, yeah, you know, I can't – I'm not going to change anybody's mind. I'm not going to say they're wrong. But I, I saw it at just in syndication just as another episode, and it fit right in with it. I, I, think, I think it was a perfect ending for the show. I think it's, you know, with the right amount of ridiculousness, the right amount of kind of nostalgia, bringing back all those characters, and also kind of giving a logical conclusion to the story as logical as it could be considering what Seinfeld that – you know, yeah, they they did a lot of pretty terrible things to a lot of people, and you know they they would they would ultimately get get their revenge and <laughs> and get get put in prison because of it. Like it, it it's 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 funny. It's kind of a thing, and it, it's maybe it's maybe it's a little bleak. Maybe I can see that. You know, you have well, that... it, it's only for a year though. Right, right. But like you have that like that last scene, and they're just in the jail cell. Like I get that. Like you're saying, like, other sitcoms are very, you know, either they just end, like, it's just like, oh, it's just another episode, or there's just kind of like a, you know, oh, happy, you know, thing, somebody gets married, or whatever, they live happily after Sinfile isn't like that. It's it's this kind of dark comedy, in a way, you know, it's it's not meant to, like, cheer you up, it's meant to, like, you laugh, but it also, you're laughing at some really terrible things, <laughs> and... This that finale was just kind of like okay, we're we're just gonna address this and say like yeah, they're they're terrible people. They were you know they ended up in jail at the end of it. Like you know that's what happens. Um, but uh, there's that one stinger at the end where he's like doing comedy in prison, which is pretty funny. But like yeah. it's not the most like you know laugh you know inducing ending to the show or whatever. I can understand being kind of bummed out by it maybe, but uh, hey. You know, yeah. I I enjoyed it. I, I think it's as good as it could have been because a lot of times with these shows, you, you can't, like, there's so many shows out there that I think probably objectively were fine, but, you know, everybody hates the ending. You know, you're talking about some of the biggest shows ever, Game of Thrones, Lost, whatever. People hate the endings because, you know, you can't please everybody. Right. And I think people were hoping for, like, some heartwarming moment like you might get in a typical finale but i feel like we already got that in the clip show that comes right before this finale where like you know you get like bloopers and clips from throughout the show and whatnot and like at the end you get like a montage of like the cast members and like scenes from the show set to the green day song good riddance and that's that that makes that episode like probably one of the best clip shows ever because like lots of clip shows are just kind of there kind of rehashing the same stuff whereas this one had heart to it and it's like apart from that the only other clip show episodes of shows i really love are the ones where like they show clips of like stuff we didn't see on screen and act like we should have known that that (laughs) happened on screen I, i think that's a fun way of doing it um, yeah, but yeah, if we were to do like a top five clip shows, uh, 
episodes list. Like, I'm probably showing my hand here, but this would probably be on there. Right, and that, it's really I like the way they frame it and whatever. Like, they're just they're go- Jerry's going out like you know. <laughs> In a minute! <laughs> In a minute! Like, come on, Jerry! It's uh, it, but it's it's very sweet episode. Like, it's very you know, it's very heartfelt. You know, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff in there. You know, showing and, and it's really like you can count that as part of the finale. I think you can count that as kind of like okay, this, this is them kind of truly saying goodbye. And then the next episode is kind of like okay, here's the characters because the char- the people that made the show, they're great. The characters, they're terrible. <laughs> this is this is what they deserve. Um, so. Yeah, and there was another clip show episode much earlier in the series, but, like, I feel like that one is kind of skippable. Like, whenever my brother would, like, watch the show in order, he'd be like, oh, I think I'll just skip this one. And But, like, I think the last one, uh, the last clip show episode was, like, really good. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of, you know, and, and uh, I, I think... I don't know. It it just you know it depends on your point of view. It depends on your expectations or whatever. Um, you know, whatever. It's uh, I quite liked it. I I think I think they I think the show, I think they did the right thing. I I genuinely don't have that many episodes of Seinfeld that I just dislike. I think they did a good job of like you know it's like there's obviously some episodes that are good that are better than others, but like as a whole, the show has a pretty good trajectory of. It's okay, and it builds up to great, and then it's maybe starts to wane towards the end, and then they end it. Like, I think they did a good job of, like, not letting it go too long and ending on a high note. Yeah, I think the Puerto Rican Day Parade episode was, like, the lowest point of the series, and weirdly, that was, like, the second to last episode, so it's fitting that they, like, ended it, like, right after that episode. And see, it's weird. The Puerto Rican Day episode is one that I never saw up until recently because oh, really? because at the time when it was released, and I got the backstory well after this is all, I had been watching the show for all my life, and then a couple years ago we got the DVDs and we, we, we watched through the whole series again, and then the Puerto Rican Day episode's there, and we were like, what is this episode? Like, none of us had seen it. Like, it's like, what is this? Like, it felt very weird. I don't think it's very funny. It's probably my least favorite yeah, episode. It's very not controversial. Yeah, and, and of course it's because it's called the Puerto Rican Day. People thought it was racist, and then that's why they immediately just pulled it from syndication. I always watched it on TV. It was never put on TV after the first airing, so I never saw it. So it was really weird going back to that and seeing a brand new Seinfeld episode that I'd never seen. There was also an episode that really isn't that good. Right. And I don't think it's racist per se. I think it was kind of some thing, but still it was, you know, probably just deserved some flack because it wasn't very good. Right. I, I do vaguely recall um, in, like, a Hispanic Latino studies class I took in college, like, it was mentioned in one of the textbooks that we had as, like, a controversial episode. So, yeah, it's definitely a notorious one. But, like, wow. other than that, there's, like, like by and large most of the Seinfeld episodes like a pretty good batting average even when like the last two seasons got a bit wackier like after Larry David's departure before he came back for the finale but there's still some good stuff in those last couple seasons right and they obviously like there's a certain point where you know Jerry's comedy comedy routine disappears from it 
that's not really a part of the show anymore, and they kind of just keep going. And I think at a certain point they figured out, okay, we're, we just need to end this. We need to not keep this going, not turn this into just this thing. Have us, you know, we're we're doing good. Let's not wear out our welcome. And I, I appreciate that. You know, as much as you can say, oh yeah, they could have done ten more years and it would have been funny. It also could have been a situation where it was just you know sad <laughs> and right. not nearly. Or when you get to the point where you know. Some actors start leaving. There's so many shows like that where, like, you know, so and so's gone now. You know, Andy Griffith, infamous for like not being as good as it was when it started out because Barney leaves. Don Knotts got tired of it and left the show, and it was never the same. Um, so like, it, it is. It gets sad like that when you're like you're, they want to keep the show going, but they don't want to kind of invest in like, okay, the integrity of the show is what's important. So. That artistic integrity that George was talking about in season four. <laughs> what artistic integrity? You're not artistic and you have no integrity. That's probably one of the all-time favorite, all-time best George Costanza lines. Oh my gosh. Okay, so obviously Seinfeld, Seinfeld actors, there's a lot of connections. And notice you have this bullet point in here about related shows. And one thing that I think, the one thing you mentioned, of course, we, we talked about Kirby Enthusiasm. I've seen a few episodes of that. It's really funny. Yeah, it's but coming the one... up on its 20th anniversary soon. Which wow, is that is crazy. The fact that the show that was inspired by the show is 20 years old yeah. is insane. <laughs> but the one thing that I think we actually need to review on IPC at some point and Zach, wherever you are, you're not getting out of this. We're all going to do this together. Um, the B movie, starring Jerry Seinfeld. I've heard so much about this movie. Have you seen this movie? Yeah, I've seen it multiple times. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like okay. So the premise is kind of similar to an earlier DreamWorks movie, which is called Ants. But obviously, like this one has like Jerry Seinfeld and. Uh, you know, the uh, the actors who play Putty and Kramer are also in it in different roles. Really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's, like, the movie is maybe not the best, but it's pretty memeable, and it's, like, definitely worth a watch. Wow. That, you know, you got me interested now, because it looks, on face value, it looks like one of those really crummy, like, animated movies that just has like they just inexplicably put like a big actor in there like oh it's Jerry Seinfeld he's a B like this is gonna be funny um you know it might it might be okay I don't know you know I I, I would be interested and you know if we did talk about it on the show I would have no choice but to watch it so uh <laughs> I'm intrigued I'm intrigued right it, it's not quite as cynical as the show Seinfeld like it does have a bit of heart but it's also like it's not the best anim animated movie out there, but it does have some funny moments, I think. That's good. That's good. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, okay, so I forgot about New Adventures of Old Christine. That's the Julia Louis-Dreyfus show. Yeah, I put that on there because there's an episode where, like, she, like, I think she's, like, asleep and she has a dream where she goes to an apartment hallway that looks similar to like the hallway by jerry's apartment she's even dressed like elaine so it's been forever since i saw that clip but yeah that came to mind 
Oh my gosh, yeah. And, and I, like, it's funny how Julia seems to have like the best career out of all of them. Like, she's gone on to do Veep and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, my dad has been telling me that I need to watch Veep, and like, I think it's on HBO Max, so I might be able to watch it sometime soon. Okay. If it's that, on there. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I, I've been wanting to watch Veep for a while, too, because it, it just, I mean, it's, it's her. Looks really funny. Just great all around. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, you've you, you got so much. And I think, uh, you know, obviously, it's a lot of good talent in Seinfeld, and that's that kind of fans out from there in regards to, you know, them showing up in other stuff. And, uh, you know, Kirby Enthusiasm and, you know, even on to, you know, the B-movie. Yeah. I <laughs> think. So uh, that's great. Okay, so fan-made stuff. Now, I'm just going off the bullet points here, all right? So so humor me. What what what, what exactly are you referencing here? Because I, I'm, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, but, but I'm also not, like, into the Seinfeld fandom per se. <laughs> So, like, what is Seinfeld 2000? Uh, so, there are, like, there's a Twitter account called Seinfeld 2000, and I think Modern Seinfeld is the other one, and they're basically the same idea where, like, they just tweet a premise of a Seinfeld episode as if it took place today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, in the 2010s or whenever, like, these were, like, being tweeted. But, oh. yeah, it's lots of fun. That's amazing that that sounds and like i i love the different things and i think you, you even you have like posted different things about like if seinfeld was in 2020 you know what 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 kind of episodes would they be doing like you know uh, G- george freaking out about <laughs> covid and, and trying not to catch it or like giving it to some people like there's there's a lot like it would be interesting to like get all of them back for like a reunion episode or something and just do some crazy stuff because like there's so much good material these days yeah and i think i shown you that video a while ago where it was like this guy made his own fan-made video called what if seinfeld but quarantine and like he acted out all the parts like you know the four characters plus newman and it's like yeah if if i close my eyes this would feel like a seinfeld episode like he just nailed it Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. There's another thing that I I've seen before, but I don't know the context of it. It's the the part where that they're all back in the apartment, and like George is talking about he created this app to find public toilets. Is that from Kirby Enthusiasm? Yeah, that's part of the like reunion episode within the show, if I recall okay. correctly. All right. Yeah, and like. George is like he has a a wife uh, named Amanda and like uh, like in the world of in like Larry David's world in that show he's like trying to win back his wife so there's like parallels there and yeah it's a really well done reunion season where like half the episodes focus on like him trying to make the reunion with them and it feels like it could be like a legitimate final Seinfeld episode um another thing I forgot to put on like related stuff was comedians and cars getting coffee and I think that also had like a scene where like Jerry George and Newman were in a restaurant together 
Oh my gosh! Wow, that sounds. I never even thought about like him doing like old cast members because I've always thought that was really cool what Jerry did with that. Um, oh yeah, he's had Michael Richards and Julia Louis Dreyfus uh, episodes on that show, and it's like it's it's a really pleasant show to watch. It's very comfy. Like you just hear them hear him talk with like all his different guests, like just talking while they're getting coffee and like you have these really gorgeous shots of the coffee being poured (laughs) and like of the cars that like jerry showcases like it's it's pretty much a show about nothing so it it falls into that seinfeld genre and i mean you get the idea that like seinfeld came from a place where it was just these people sitting around talking and having just really funny conversations and really relatable conversations. So it like makes sense. Like, let's just go back to that. Let's just go back to that general idea of just people sitting around having really dumb, really relatable, really funny conversations. Um, and sometimes with really famous people, like I think Obama's been on it, like all kinds of crazy yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like all sorts of like comedic actors are on there as well. And it's like it's like a game of like who's who, like, oh, who's going to be on the next episode. But and then again, I think they titled the episode like after the person who's on it. So go figure. But it's still entertaining. Oh, yeah. That's always great. It's always great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's Seinfeld. Um you know, it, it, like I said, not, nothing. It's really hard to put into words like how great this show is. I, I would venture to say it's it's one of, if not the, like best sitcom ever made. I think it, I think it really changed the game. I think it really just set a standard for TV and for comedy. And you know, it, it it's, it's affected me. Like I probably wouldn't have the, you know, just stupid warped sense of humor that I have if it wasn't for Seinfeld. Right. Um, let's just be honest here. You know, it affects all the stuff. And, you know, I grew up on this show. And, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the jokes went over my head, thankfully, back then. And it took me a while to get to them. But, uh, you know, overall, it's just an incredibly funny show and incredibly approachable. And there's nothing in it that it is really can't be you, you can't be in a situation where you can't think back to oh my god what Seinfeld this episode does this remind you of because there's so much there's so much every minute of every day it's just like my god this is this feels like I'm in an episode of Seinfeld oh yeah like there's sometimes where I get into situations where it's like mundane but ridiculous and it's like yeah this would be an episode of Seinfeld <laughs> It's great. It's great. So, uh, yeah, did you have anything else to add on the general discussion? Um, Well, this is just a random thing, but I'm also, like, I like going to this meme group called Sign Peaks, which is where people make mashup memes between Seinfeld and Twin Peaks. (laughs) And and it, it it works better than you'd expect. Like, it's just a perfect match those two series so yeah wow. that's a lot of fun and it's like if you're a fan of both shows like you get both sides of the joke and it's just great that sounds amazing that <laughs> <laughs> that is great so yeah definitely go check that out i've seen your post from there every once in a while and that's just 
that's just the best. Yeah, they're just without context if you don't know like both shows. <laughs> I love it when there's like multifaceted memes. I love it when you like you have to understand like multiple things. You have to understand the meme. You have to understand what it's referencing or like what well, the couple things it's referencing or like these different layers and like it goes over most people's heads. But you appreciate it. But uh, I love that. I love that. All right. So um, obviously. Brings us to the end of the discussion, and uh, this is the point where we give our planet scores for Seinfeld. And how do how exactly do we do this? Do we rate the whole show? Do we, you know, I, I, it's so hard to like do like a whole like nine years of <laughs> of a show into one planet score. So I think I have a rating in mind um so do you want me to go first go right ahead all right so this is for the whole show i I know not every episode is like a home run or like 10 out of 10 but like i'm like really tempted to give seinfeld like the full 10 out of 10 but i I know it's not all perfect like we mentioned like a dud or maybe a couple duds earlier so I'm going to give this a 9.8 out of 10 because it ended in 98. So, yeah, high score, so high marks still. Very, bad. <laughs> very clever. I like that. Um, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna one-up you just a little bit. I'm going to say 9.9. <laughs> just to be different and just to not put it at, at 10 out of 10. I don't think... You know, just because I think it's the best sitcom ever doesn't mean I think it's perfect. Obviously, it's not. Um, but it's darn great. And, you know, there are a few episodes that I don't care for here and there, whatever. It's not a perfect show by any means, but it's still it's just about as close to perfect as you can get, probably. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, with a, sh- with a show that has that many episodes, it's even harder to keep it completely perfect. But, yeah, it's pretty high up there. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to look up uh, uh, how many episodes of 180, 180 episodes. Like, that's... Wow, a, a complete 180. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh, yeah. That's uh, that's a thing. That happened. That happened. All right. It's canon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we've still got more to discuss, guys. We've got a top five portion of the show to get to later on after the break um so you guys definitely tune in for that in the meantime um normally speaking we would go to our sponsors and we give them a little airtime but uh we're gonna hear from a, a little friend of ours and maybe get 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 some 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 thoughts from him and see what he thinks about seinfeld so yeah We'll go ahead and do that right now, and we'll be back in just a few minutes with more of the IPC podcast. Don't go anywhere. This is IPC. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm sorry that I couldn't make it for this week's episode. As I alluded to in previous weeks, 
I am currently in the process of kind of pursuing my career stuff. Not that I don't love what I do with IPC, but I really love sports, and uh, I'm probably actually announcing a high school football game on the radio right now thanks to uh, some really awesome people, including these two guys who are covering for me here on IPC. Uh, I love them a lot, and I appreciate them. And I really appreciate that they're doing multiple episodes of Seinfeld because uh, while I may miss this one, I'm hopefully not going to miss the next one. Uh, I don't know if they've talked about it yet, but there's the potential for doing a top five Seinfeld episodes somewhere down the line. And I definitely want to be a part of that because I can already think of like three or four uh, that I can uh, like name off the top of my head that I just absolutely laughed hysterically at. But I'm not done with the series yet. So I need to go through the whole series to be able to pick out the ones that I really, really enjoyed the most. However, it's going to be really tough to find one that tops Season 5, Episode 14. For me, that is probably the funniest and most complete and comprehensive episode of Seinfeld I've ever seen. Uh, I'm in the middle of like Season 7 right now, so I'm pretty close to being done, but not quite there. But Season 5, Episode 14, The Marine Biologist... Mm -hmm is one that just hits home for me for whatever reason. Uh, probably because I wanted to be a marine biologist when I was younger. And so when Jerry makes up the lie that George is a marine biologist, I was like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. This is amazing. I would love to pretend to be a marine biologist. Except for, you know, when somebody actually needs somebody with a marine biology degree to help save the day. Which is so obscure, you know, it could p possibly never, ever happen in a million years. But of course it happens to George Costanza because why not? And just everything about this story just all blends together so well. From Jerry kind of joking with Elaine about how War and Peace used to be called War. What is it good for? Like it, it's a spoof on the hit song War, which I think is hilarious. And then Elaine actually using that line in front of a famous writer, potentially hurting her career, super awkward. And then the electronic organizer getting thrown out the window and hitting somebody. And then the recorder being used to try and tape a confession also gets thrown out the window and also hits that person. It's just, it's ridiculous. What are the odds of something like that happening? It's slim to none, but it's still freaking hilarious. So, I don't know, there was just so many things with Elaine and, and Yuri Testikov. There were so many things with George and and this, uh, this crush of his. Uh, I think her name was Diane. Like, there's there's so many things that go together so well in that particular episode. And the way it all pays off by that little tiny subtle storyline about Kramer hitting golf balls out into the ocean proves to be why George had to actually save the day as a marine biologist. He pulls out one of the golf balls that he, Kramer, hit into the ocean. It's just, it's so great. So, so funny. And, you know, it's all... Pretty regular, everyday stuff, just up to the extreme. And that's what Seinfeld is really, really good at. It takes everyday life and amplifies it for the sake of a laugh. But not so much that you need a laughing track going on like you do on Friends or Big Bang Theory. But, you know, they leave enough awkward pauses in there where you're like, oh, this is really awkward. Oh, this is really, really awkward. Kind of up there with the, the awkward cringe of The Office. 
It's a show about nothing. It's literally a show about nothing. And I love that so much because my life is pretty nothing sometimes. And I get to watch somebody else's nothing happen for once. And it's it's funny. I just find it really, really funny. And I'm kind of embarrassed that it took me this long to get around to watching it. But I'm glad that I finally am. And I'm looking forward to when we actually get to talk about it in its entirety. But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I appreciate you guys' patience in the meantime. I hope to be back at the end of the football season. Maybe have a few... Uh, subtle appearances here and there during midweek recordings and stuff like that. But in the meantime, uh, just keep on keeping on, and I will see you when I see you. Guys, thanks again. I really appreciate you. Bye. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Zach Arnold. It's unfortunate yeah. he couldn't uh, be with us tonight, but uh, good to hear from him and hear his thoughts. Oh yeah, good to hear Zach the voice. Like <laughs> that that message, like all those words, like he, he he has his thoughts, you know, like we all have our takes on Seinfeld and it's like it's great hearing from different people like what they think of the show. Absolutely. Um so yeah, that was Zach. Good to hear from him again. And uh real quick, um I will point you in the direction of our patrons. This is the section of the show where we thank you guys, the people that keep the lights on. Our patrons are going to want to thank Joey Mays, Ryan H., Rachel Perry, Dan Grievous, and Carrie Fleming. Those people are freaking awesome. They contribute to the show. They keep us going, and we could not do it without them. Um, you can become a patron by visiting patron.podbean.com slash IPC podcast, just a couple few dollars a month, and uh, you can get some awesome paybacks and uh, exclusive content that no one else is going to get, and access to the Peacekeeper Core and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, yeah, definitely go join up, get involved, and uh, yeah, we appreciate you. So, as I said, we're going to do a top five tonight. Now, I know we didn't put the prompt out on social media, whatever. We've already basically promised Zach and Jake that we're going to come back to this topic. This is not going to be the the last time we discuss this. But we figured we're discussing Seinfeld. It felt only natural to discuss our top five Seinfeld episodes. And I was actually looking into like a ranking. I think Vulture did like a rank of like best to worst. Like, there's a lot of episodes. Like, this is, you know, nine seasons, bunch of episodes each season. Like, there's a lot of episodes, some that I completely forgot. Um, and I'm not sure how... I don't even have a complete list yet, to be honest. Mine's still, mine's still kind of in flux. All I know is I'm going to have a bunch of um, honorable mentions. And it's going to be messy. But we'll see how this goes. <laughs> But uh, uh, Stephen, do you have do you have any honorable mentions before we get started? Uh, yeah. So for honorable mentions, I have a couple. Uh, so there's the opposite, which is 
the end of season five when George is, um, you know, he's doing not so well. So he decides to go against his instinct and maybe good things will happen if he does the opposite of what he'd normally do. And so, like, naturally, like, things do go well for him. It's like how he gets the job with the Yankees. And, but like, because there's this whole balance thing among Jerry and his friends, it's like, because George is doing so well, Elaine is doing much worse. Whereas, even even Steven. Yeah, like things are evening out for Jerry. And like you get that awesome line at the end um, when they're like at the table and Kramer is like, that's too much. And Jerry's like, yeah, let's call it even. It's just such a good note to end that episode. And it's the perfect example, again, of like the intertwining of like, you know, you know, there's so much going on with both Jerry and Elaine and they're, you know, obviously not connected at all, but for George it's connected, and he's just sitting in the background going like, oh my god, this is, you know, it's, uh, it's thing, or it's, I think it's Jerry in that thing, that, that's, that's just like, you know, you were up and he was down, and now she's up and you're down. It's brilliant, brilliant. Sorry, continue with your honorable mentions. Right, and, um, th- this wasn't, uh, part of the honorable mentions, but that premise reminds me of a later episode, which is the abstinence where like George and Elaine uh, decide to be abstinent for different reasons. And like George becomes smarter, whereas Elaine becomes dumber. It's like, (laughs) it's a, it's a reused premise, but it's still like pretty funny. Um, I didn't consider that for like my top five, because I don't think it's quite that high, but I was just reminded of it and like, Oh yeah, they kind of do that again later. Um, uh, that I you see that's another one that I completely forgot, but like that's funny. That is freaking hilarious. <laughs> right, but my last honorable mention uh, before the list proper is the chicken roaster, which is you know where uh, Kenny's uh, chicken or oh, whatever yeah. it's called opens, and like there's a red light in Kramer's room, and so he and Jerry switch places and then they start acting like each other so I, I guess there's like a bit of a pattern in like episodes I like where like the way that they act is different and maybe they like switch personalities or whatever yeah I <laughs> that whole episode is fantastic and you know yeah it's just it's just fantastic I love it that one right um, and, and George like trying to like uh put the hat in his the woman he likes uh, couch to like have an excuse to come back and then like he suspects that she stole it and like steals her clock and it's just so dumb <laughs> <laughs> it's so good so good yeah okay so are you ready for my honorable mentions oh yeah because I'm, I'm not going to get into great detail here because I have a lot because I basically just started like listing off oh I like that episode I like that episode I like that episode then I ended up with a bunch and so I have like six or seven here it's <laughs> gonna name them off really quick so no, uh seven would be a good name for a child oh my gosh you're <laughs> right oh my gosh that just oh it just lines up perfectly yeah. oh my goodness um so uh I got the bizarro Jerry it's brilliant just the whole you know the, how they cast and how they put the the opposite uh team on the side um i like you love the opposite um which is weird because i just said the opposite um and uh <laughs> the parking space is 
great. I, I love love the whole interplay there. The parking garage. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. So relatable because like you've all been in the situation like uh, where do we park? What? Um, the Serenity now, which is just puts Frank Costanza front and center, and I always love it when he does. And he's just the just the absolute insanity of that character. <laughs> Serenity and, now and sanity later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You totally get that. The bottle deposit, which is insane. Like I think it might be a two parter, but it's got um, uh, Brad Garrett is the is the guy that his his uh, mechanic and he steals his car, and then Newman and and Kramer have their whole scheme with. Uh, you know the bottle deposit things, and they're chasing them, and they got Kennedy's clubs in the back. Like it's 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 ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. I love it. And I said I wouldn't explain all these, and here I am. Um, uh, <laughs> also, the handicap spot is is brilliant, so brilliant, and the airport is phenomenal. Another just ridiculous one. They're gonna give back and forth, back and forth, in the airports, and you know, and you know, all the shenanigans on the plane is so relatable. Oh yeah. Yeah, so many good episodes to choose from. It's like we could go on talking about every single one, probably, but uh, let's let's change this, convert this to a Seinfeld podcast. Uh, just forget all that superhero, sci-fi, fantasy nonsense. <laughs> no, no, not really. <laughs> I love it. All right, so I think we are ready for our five. So, Stephen, if you're ready, feel free to lead us off with your number five. Yes, so this is Schinder's List. Oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot. No, no, I got to set it up properly. I got to set it properly. Schinder's List. Okay, sir, now you may go. (laughs) All right, so my number five... This is one that you actually mentioned as an honorable mention. It is the Bizarro Jerry. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, it's fun seeing like these characters who look like them, but they're like better versions of them. Like they're better people. They're friendly. They like like the Kevin, who is like the Jerry of their group. He's good friends with Fargus, who's like the Newman of the group. And it's like not antagonistic whatsoever and i also love how like i I think this is also the episode where kramer like gets a job and like he and jerry are acting like a husband and wife and jerry feels neglected (laughs) and wants to like hang out with him and like when kramer gets fired um the guy is like um it's it's almost like you have no business training whatsoever and like Kramer's like, well, I don't even really work here, and the guy's like, well, that's what makes this really difficult. <laughs> and it's just so good. <laughs> I love that episode. I love it. It's, it's like, uh, you know, the ridiculousness of Kramer just like amped up to eleven when he's just like gets sucked into this job. <laughs> yeah, I don't even really work here. <laughs> and it's got that song that also plays during uh, George's job when he pretends he needs a cane <laughs> it's, it's a really good song i can't remember what it's called but yeah yeah it's a uh, morning train i think yes that's it yeah yeah i know exactly Catchy. what you're talking about 
very catchy, very catchy. That might that might be in the episode somewhere. Now that you mentioned that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, ready for my number five? Ready as I'll ever be is a cliche thing to say. <laughs> okay, so my number five is. It's kind of you could kind of consider it a bottle episode, I guess, in a way. It's kind of in the in the same vein as some of the other really truly true bottle bottle episodes. But uh, this one, you know, it kind of like starts with everyone together and separates them all, and they all have their own really you know misadventures, some to the greater extent. But uh, the subway is one that I absolutely love, and you know they all they're all together, and then you know. <laughs> You know, Lane's got the wedding, and you know it's 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 Jerry just trying to have some fun, and he runs into the the fat guy who just decides to undress on the subway. Like it's just bonkers, and I love you know Kramer's whole stint with you know he's 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 supposed to go do something with his car, but he ends up going to the, the the races instead. Like it's just it's it's ludicrous. IPC is sponsored by Subway. No. no. <laughs> But yeah, that is a real good episode. Like, I guess I would kind of consider it a bottle episode, even though like the setting they're in is moving. Like, I guess it's like a moving bottle episode in a way. At least yeah, most I mean, of it. Yeah, like even though they separate into different like trains, they're still kind of doing everything in the same train. So, like, for example, I think generally bottle episodes are like. And examples of like the the show trying to cut costs because like okay you can use one set you don't have to move anywhere you don't have to do location shoots or whatever it's just one thing and like obviously they could you know have just one car to stand in for all the scenes so in a sense in that way it is a bottle episode but you know they're kind of all over the place and you know George goes to the hotel room with the lady and all this kind of stuff it's just it's insane. Yeah, I think the Chinese restaurant episode might be a bottle episode, if I remember correctly. It might yes. be. I'm pretty sure they don't, there's no, like, they don't go any other locations in that episode. Yeah, also like a really a true... good George quotes, we're living in a society. <laughs> <laughs> so true, George, so true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, number four. Steven, if you will. All right. So my number four, it is The Little Kicks. And so, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one with, like, Elaine's cringeworthy dancing. And, like, she thinks that, like, George is the problem. And, like, uh, someone at her workplace gets really enamored with him, sees him as the bad boy. So it's, like, this really cheesy... Like, it kind of feels like one of those cheesy teen movies where like, George is wearing, like, one of those sports jackets sort of things and trying to be the <laughs> bad boy. But also, like, Jerry and Kramer are involved with, like, this movie piracy thing. And Jerry gets, like, invested in, like, trying to, like, scout locations and have multiple cameras, like, acting like a director who has, like, this artistic vision. It's so absurd, but so great. <laughs> Oh, that, and just the amount of ridiculousness involved in, like, creating this whole backstory, you know, that, you know, Elaine has this really, it just dance, like, Jerry's first reaction when 
George says, oh, she she danced? You're saying she danced? You knew about this? Like, it's this whole thing. And then them coming up with it, it's just, you know, it is, like, a ridiculous dance. Like, props to Julia for, like, pulling that off and making it work and, like, creating this dance that was, like, truly just absurd. <laughs> yeah, and it has one of the best endings uh, in the show, which is when, like, you know, Elaine and uh, Frank Costanza, like, they pick George and um, uh, Elaine's co-worker up from, like, the police station, and uh, George's dad is, like, saying, this is your fault, and Elaine says something, uh, Frank is like, you want a piece of me? You got it! And they that is... Freeze Frank. <laughs> the best part about that is the outtakes of that. Yes, that was in the last clip show episode. Yeah, and it's just, uh, you know, uh, George is in the background just cracking up the entire time. I you think know, he even he... falls to the floor. <laughs> like, yeah, like, he can't keep his composure. You can't blame him because, like, it's so funny. And... And Frank Costanza, I mean, uh, just it just shows the brilliance of that character, and Jerry Stiller is magnificent. Um, oh my gosh, that that is that. And see, it's funny. I remember certain moments, but I have hard time like placing them within episodes. Like I'll remember one storyline. I remember like, oh yeah, you know, there's one episode where <laughs> uh, Kramer starts taking dog medicine. And he thinks he's a dog, and like, but I don't remember like what episodes that's in. So. <laughs> It's hard to right. figure out. Yeah, when I was like looking up potentially my favorite episodes, I wanted to see like what all the storylines for all four of them were, so that that would help me like figure out like which one is like my favorite. Yeah, it's so good, so good. All right, so I believe it is my turn to uh, give my number four. And uh, this one is another one. It's they're, they're sensing a pattern here. It's kind of a bottle episode, <laughs> and it's and it's but it's kind of not. It's kind of all over the place. But it's the movie. It's the oh, episode yes. where you know they all go out to the movies, but then they never really get together. Like they're constantly, you know, missing each other and doing all this kind of stuff. It's 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 nuts, and they keep going to different theaters and Jerry's. You know, can't go to the movies. He's trying to make back his set, but he gets screwed over by the cab driver. And then I love it when they. My favorite part of the episode is when they each keep going up to the same girl in the uh, the ticket booth, and they keep describing each other to each other. <laughs> and it's like you know, oh, it's this guy with a you know face like a frying pan, and you bright a Frankenstein hair, and you know, like you know, it's just like how they view each other is yeah. ridiculous it's so funny this hipster doofus hipster doofus i love it i love it that's just it's it's magnificent and just the the unfortunateness of like and the whole the whole thing with the large and small the, the popcorn Elaine has that whole thing it's very relatable because like there is no small anymore when you go to like get a drink at a you know a or a popcorn or whatever, like, you know, oh, you know, small is actually medium, and medium's large, and all this kind of stuff, and, and that's, like, that's reality, man, that's too real. 
Yeah, but to be fair, like I'm at a point where small is not going to be enough for me, at least when it comes to like a drink. It, like sometimes I'll get like a medium and it still doesn't feel like enough. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, but it's just that episode is just it's so, so funny. It's it's the one that I can legitimately just watch over and over again. Like it's, I've probably seen that one. It's up there as one of the most watched episodes for me. So, yeah, love it. Yeah, and this is also the one where George keeps losing his tickets, right? Yeah, yeah, because he, like, the guy at the front doesn't remember him, <laughs> explicably. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just went through this, man. Like, I was just here. And he just lets Kramer in when he says, oh, my friend has my ticket. <laughs> I would generally think that guy was just trolling George and just doesn't like him. <laughs> Well, a lot of people don't like George, so I mean, it's 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 not a it's not out of the, out of the realm of possibilities. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, I love like Kramer just walks in like, ah, yeah, my friends in there, whatever. Like, yeah, go ahead, whatever, no big deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so so good. Okay, so I believe we're on tour number threes now. Yes. And the floor is yours, sir. All right. So my number three is. Uh, so, like, the last couple have been from season eight, and this is no exception. It's, it's kind of weird that these are from season eight. But this one is The Susie. Um, oh, my it, gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, where um, Elaine kind of gets in, in a thing with someone at work, and she thinks her name is Susie. And so, like, she does, like, this this amazing elaborate lie where she has a meeting with the coworker and with Jay Peterman and like they have an empty chair and it's like one of them thinks she's Elaine, one thinks she's Susie and she manipulates the conversation. So she's like, you know, it's about you, me, Susie, Elaine, Elaine and Susie. Like this is a Susie and Elaine problem. And like, you know, just like saying they shouldn't name names and like going through all those names and then, by the end of it, after she leaves, Jay Peterman looks to the coworker and is like, "What is your name again?" <laughs> and, <laughs> and and like and like there's um that returning character who called Jerry a phony. He like like Jerry hurts him accidentally, and he somehow ends up in his trunk and thinks like Jerry is a killer, and that he and Elaine are like getting rid of Susie, like killing her, and like. <laughs> You have that funeral at the end, and it's just so good. Um, I'm trying to remember, like, what George was going through in that episode. I know it was, like, something really good. I'm, like, trying to look it up real quick. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's hard to, like I said, it's hard to, like, pin down, like, each storyline. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I read this, and now I remember. Uh, so, like, this is also a, a, an amazing plot line where, like, George knows that his girlfriend wants to, like, break up with him, but he tries to avoid her because he wants to bring her to the ball or whatever it's called. And he has that amazing voicemail where it's like, believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beat. I must be out or I pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. And, like, for the longest time, I had that as, like, my voicemail thing, but I'd mute it. <laughs> I would mute it when it said George and say Steven just real quick. That and is it, brilliant. Yeah, and my friend Keon, um, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but he said that like they had to like 
have Jason Alexander try it multiple times because he was singing too good, apparently, and they want him to not sound that good because, you know, it's George. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, Jason Alexander is that good. <laughs> like, yeah. I think he's, like, like br- had a lot of Broadway experience probably, so, like, he could probably sing, like, for real. Right, and, like, you have Kramer having to, like, break up um, the girlfriend's behalf, like, by proxy, and he eventually, like, goes to the ball in her stead and, like, um, like twirls like George imagined, like, when bringing the girlfriend to the ball, and it's it's such a great episode. <laughs> oh, man, that is so good. I love it. I love it. Ah, that's a, that's a classic episode. It really is. Um... For my number three, um, it's one that you you mentioned earlier, um, the chicken roasters. Yes. (laughs) And it's funny how I remember – legitimately, one of my family's favorite restaurants growing up was Kenny Rogers Chicken Roasters. I remember going to the place, and it's so weird to look back on that ad now because it doesn't exist anywhere, at least not where I am. Like, there's those restaurants I think have completely gone out by now. But like, it's such a weird reference, weird '90s reference because they were like, it was a big thing in the '90s, and then it just it disappeared. But like, the whole thing with you know, you know, Jerry and Kramer switching apartments, and you know, Kramer, you know, Michael Richards and and Jerry, like, totally going out on a limb to like act like each other and like you know Kramer's in the coffee shop and and saying oh that's a shame like like like, yeah. like Jerry <laughs> it's so brilliant and then Jerry comes in I say I dare say Jerry, one of Jerry's best performances in Seinfeld is when he comes in he's playing Kramer as himself like it's brilliant yeah i'm operating on no sleep no sleep <laughs> <laughs> so good yeah <laughs> I love like it's it. it's just so fun seeing them act like each other. It's it's so good. Yeah, and then the whole juxtaposition of they they find out they've been thing and and uh, they've been eating it and you know Newman's in on it and the scene easily one of the fam- famous scenes one of my f- like funniest scenes is when Jerry confronts him in the Kenny Rogers. And he's like, "Oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't need broccoli if it's deep fried in chocolate sauce." Yeah. <laughs> and then he asks for honey mustard as soon as, "Please, someone, honey mustard," uh, and just like gulps it down. It's oh god, so good. Yeah, it's like the thing that would cure him after having that vile weed, as he puts it. <laughs> vile weed. He needed a chaser. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Newman, gotta give a shout out to Newman. That is just a brilliant character. And then you know their their whole dinner play with him and um you know Jerry like oh I've looked to his eyes, he's pure evil. Yeah, <laughs> like he's like legitimately like acts like a supervillain. Like he's so good. Yeah, I remember when the Wikipedia article for Newman used to say that he was he's the villain of the Seinfeld series, and that's like <laughs> such a weird thing to have on there <laughs> i love it that's and that's totally totally accurate i'm pretty sure somewhere 
I've seen like a Star Wars Seinfeld crossover poster. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about because it's the one where like I think Jerry's like in the in the in the pose of like Luke with the lightsaber, yeah. and then Newman's in the background <laughs> as Vader, and he's yeah. laughing. Yeah, and Elaine is Leia, and Kramer is Han. I think, and <laughs> and like George is sitting on top of R two D two or something. It's it's a really iconic fan made oh thing. Gosh. Yeah, that's uh oh gosh, it's so good, so so good. All right, so number two, we're here. <laughs> I knew it. I knew somebody was gonna make a laugh. I was gonna, I was gonna say Zach's not here to enjoy this. Well, you're you're doing it for him. So uh, the second one, <laughs> we are here, and uh, you're up, Mister Shinder. All right, yeah, so my number two, it's pretty self-explanatory, but uh, my number two choice is a two-parter, actually. It is The Pilot. And no, not the pilot episode of Seinfeld, which is called The Seinfeld Chronicles. It is the season four finale, The Pilot, where they actually film the pilot for the show, Jerry. And, you know, in-universe, that show looks like one of the cheesiest shows ever <laughs> like just from like the opening theme song it sounds like it probably feels like one of those generic full house type of sitcoms at the time like not quite like seinfeld even though they're trying to like make it the show about nothing like that that's that's just a vibe i get and it's it's so good and we get like those cameo appearances of people reacting as they watch the pilot and it's, <laughs> yeah yeah it's really good that that's a brilliant one and i love the whole you know because i think it's like a, a season-long like arc where they're yeah like this like very meta like commentary on like them trying to create a show that's basically seinfeld within seinfeld and uh it looks that show looks so crummy <laughs> like it's, it's <laughs> very it, like they're kind of like making fun of themselves but like it's so stilted and you know it's jerry instead of seinfeld it's jerry um. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and they're saying that like Jerry Seinfeld can't act. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kramer's trying to play himself. Yeah, and... we got like the multiple Kramer aud- walking through the door type of auditions. And then the guy that actually plays Kramer is like a psychopath that he hates totally George. Took, he totally took those raisins. Like, he does. He, while you watch yeah. him, he does. Like, there's just no doubt about it. He's just like super mean it's like i i i hate that guy that character but like yeah like the whole situation is just bonkers and so much fun and and uh i think what is george has the discoloration on his lip or something and he keeps like he thinks oh god I'm, i'm having success and i'm gonna die because of it god's not gonna let me have this and then he gets the phone call about he's negative it's like negative cancer, whatever, and he freaks out. Yeah, and okay, I think this might be kind of weird because I think that before this, they had already mentioned the movie Prognosis Negative. You know, they have like these fake movies within the show. Right. So, so it's like if that was mentioned beforehand, like shouldn't George know by now? <laughs> like it's just one of those weird things. But I love that how like it's almost a timely reference now because like, you know, we're always talking about, Oh, you're positive for COVID or negative for COVID. Um, 
you know, I think there was a news agency that got something wrong, like like this week. Like they reported something and they said that somebody was like positive or negative when it was the reverse. <laughs> they didn't oh, understand. Wow. So, uh, yeah, yeah, positive, negative. It's uh, I can understand the confusion, but uh, I'm not as confused anymore because I'm hearing the news all the time. Jeez. <laughs> right. All right. Um. So I believe it's on to my number two. <laughs> my second one. My second one. Your duty. My one and <laughs> Go uh, ahead. <laughs> my my second one is the Chinese restaurant because it's just perfect. It's just perfect. I'm sorry. This this episode and it's just this self-contained. It's a true bottle episode, like we we're talking about. And you, you, they walk in the restaurant, and the episode starts, and it ends with them walking out, and just the whole the shenanigans about them putting her up to, you know, going to get an egg roll from somebody, and you know, it's it's you know, the whole drama with George trying to get a payphone, very nineties, you know, tr- trying to use a payphone in a restaurant. Um, it's just yeah. it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, I think Jason Alexander once said that, like, cell phones would have killed, like, all of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none, none of those jokes are, like, the, like, entire plots of episodes, like, hinge on, like, you can't call somebody, you gotta get to a phone. Like, what what is it like, you know, George, like, sets it up so they, he's, he's, uh, Seinfeld's, um, apartment is... And Vandalay Industries, and like yeah, he he's has to, he, so he has to rush home, rush to Jerry's apartment to tell him, okay, if you if if you answer the phone, say Vandalay Industries. He could have just texted him. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't have to do that. Yeah. And here's another thing I noticed is that like your number three and your number two have like the same acronym. Oh, okay. That's kind of funny. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I just realized that. That is funny. The Chinese restaurant and the chicken roasters. The two, they, they both have to do with restaurants. Food. With food. <laughs> it shows where my mind's at. Um, but I mean, also one one of the Hulu playlists for Seinfeld is actually food. <laughs> like it's a thing. <laughs> oh my gosh! I want to check that out. Check that out. Um, also, a uh, shout-out to James Hong, who just is – I mean, he's brilliant in everything. Just recently saw him. He's in Wayne's World 2. He's in everything, um, but he's great. It's just the, the Mater D at this thing, and, and they're like, you know, oh, what's his name? He wasn't before us, and he was like, no, 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 Mr. What's-his-name, he's always here. <laughs> like, yeah. They just can't get through it to him, and then it just drives George nuts when he's like, card right, card right. And, and she yelled curse word. I hang up. I'm like, and you just come on some glue. Like I'm not Cartwright. What? Yeah, and I think at one point Elaine gets so upset that she's like, "Where am I? Is this a dream?" <laughs> <laughs> and they're so hungry, and it just like progresses. It gets worse and worse and worse. And uh, and we've all been there. We've all been just in that situation where you're just just give me some food. I just want to sit down and yeah. everyone else is getting service, but me. Oh gosh. So great. So great. Okay. 
So we're down to the number ones, guys. We're down to this. Oh, yeah. So, number one, Steven Schinder. Give it to us. All right. So my number one is The Barber. It is the episode. Oh, my gosh. I forgot completely about this one. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, Jerry has this barber that he goes to and the barber gives him a bad haircut and so he tries to sneak around to get a haircut from the barber's nephew who does better haircuts um you know kramer recommended him but it becomes this whole thing where it's treated like an affair and like jerry's afraid of getting found out and both the barbers love edward scissorhands it's this weird thing and um the the Elaine and Kramer story isn't quite as strong as others. Like, you know, there's the whole bachelor auction sort of thing. But right. the George storyline where he is, like, he's not sure if he has the job after a job interview he has. So he shows up anyway. And he goes to the office. He's given the Penske file, which, like, we don't know, like, wh- what he was <laughs> supposed to do with that. And he, he just wastes all his time to the point where, like, Later on in the episode, he's, like, drumming on his desk in the office. And then uh, the the secretary, like, buzzes in. And she's like, Mr. Costanza, Mr. Penske is on his way in. And you hear the, like, someone in the studio audience saying, oh, no, as they're laughing. And it's, like, by the end of it, like, George loses both potential jobs he could have had. And the music, like, the classic sounding music that happens throughout the episode is, like, so good and so well timed and like also jerry like um going against newman at the end for revenge it's just it's just all so well orchestrated and the music they do and just just like the overdrop dramatics of like between the barbers like it's just it's in it's i keep using this word but it's it's insane It, it it perfectly describes that episode yeah, so the name of the song, um, I just looked it up. It's um, So according to Wikipedia, it says, uh, throughout the episode, the familiar Seinfeld slap-based incidental music is replaced with selections from the overture of Giochino Rossini's The Barber of Seville. So that makes sense. Wow, okay. All right, that, makes, that does make sense. Yeah. Very cool. oh my gosh oh my gosh all right well if you're ready and i guess i'm ready i got my number one here i got it ready to go we could just end the episode right here no explanation but go next week next week you'll find (laughs) out i'm gonna hold you in suspense um no 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 okay this is an episode surprisingly i don't think we've talked about much so far tonight and it's i think probably one of the most famous episodes has easily one of the most famous or infamous um you know guest stars and just is so easily quotable and also a bit relatable a bit but also again ridiculous of course i'm talking about the soup nazi Oh, okay, that's the one you were going for. See, I thought you were going to say the contest when you said, like, it's very well-loved. But then when you said guest star, I was like, oh, I guess it's not that episode. But, <gasps> I threw yeah, you this... off a little bit, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, I did not see that coming. <laughs> oh, no! 
He really went there, guys. He really went there. Well, I mean, you've gone there before at some point, too. I did like, not see that I've, coming either. I've, I vaguely remember. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yep, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> the Soup Nazi. Um, You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe calling them the Soup Nazi is, is, is not aged very well, considering right. where we live in right now. But in the context of the 90s, it is brilliant. It's so good. And just the ridiculousness again of like, okay, this guy's got so much soup, but he's very particular. <laughs> he makes everybody do this and that, and uh, the whole thing with you know Elaine getting his thing, and her pissing him off, and you know you come back one year. <laughs> yeah, that actor apparently it's based on a real dude. Like a real dude that was like super eccentric and sold soup. And there was like a real person called the Soup Nazi. And they created this episode based on him. But that actor and what they do with him is just brilliant. And I cannot say enough. I mean, and it speaks for itself. Like it's one of those episodes that like, and if you ask people like, oh, talk about Seinfeld. Like that's the episode they'll go for because it's just, it's that. It's famous, infamous, however you want to call it. It's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's got that classic line, no soup for you. And uh, there's an episode of Bob's Burgers, I think last season or the season before, where they were talking about soup. And I think the mom, Melinda, she was like, oh, just like on Seinfeld, more soup for you. And she, like, <laughs> says the, she says the line incorrectly, like the opposite of what's supposed to be. Oh my God. But it's like, you know, that's a Seinfeld reference. <laughs> that's funny. That is really funny. I love it. I love it. But yeah, that character, it's its almost a shame that they didn't bring him back. But they did bring him back, though. He's in the finale, yeah, isn't finale. he? Yeah. He is in the finale. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm remembering the finale. That's great. That's, you know, that just that character is just fantastic. Yep. Yeah. The Soup Nazi. And uh Yeah. That's our list, guys. That's that's all of it. And uh, I like all your selections. I like that we really didn't have any crossover. We kind of all picked uh, different uh, episodes for our top five, which is very interesting. It shows the kind of wealth of uh, of selections that we had. That we there was no need for crossover, which is cool. Right. I do think there was like something in my top five that was your honorable mention and vice versa. But right. Like between the top fives themselves, there wasn't like any crossover. So, yeah, like there, there's just a huge variety of Seinfeld episodes and so much good stuff to choose from. I mean, you're talking, you know, nine seasons. That's a lot. That's a lot of episodes and so many, you know, you, you cross reference that with like all different storylines and. It's hard to keep track of, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It is funny. It's so great. And like I said, one of the best sitcoms of all time, if not the best, if not the best, because I know certain people, cough, <laughs> sack, will uh, say that uh, Friends deserves that oh, title. Oh, are you okay, Ben? You sound a little ill. Just a little. It's just got a little cough. You know, Zach. Oh, oh sorry. I just died. Uh, you you should drink down. some soup, my dude. <laughs> I'll work on that after the show. I will get to work on that because that's going to get rid of that cough. But, uh, yeah, some may disagree. Just my opinion. But uh, this was a blast. And it's not over. It's not quite over because, okay, so 
before we, you know, jump off of this show tonight, we have, of course, the quote of the night. And you suggested something that I legitimately had never heard of and definitely never heard. So do you want to tell people what this is and where you found it? Right. So there are so many great Seinfeld quotes to choose from that I was racking my brain trying to figure out, like, what's a really good quote that we could use for the quote of the night. And then, like, I remembered because I looked online and, like, saw that it's what would have been John Lennon's 80th birthday. And it's like, I had been aware that that was coming up on, you know, I knew it was October 9th, but it didn't occur to me until like this morning that like, oh, it's both that and the day of the podcast. So I did a Google search of like Seinfeld, John Lennon, and I found this like audio clip from 2016 of this guy named Ezra Koenig from... Uh, vampire weekends I, I guess that's a band or something and he's like being interviewed and um he talks about that twitter account uh seinfeld 2000 and ends up singing a few verses that sound like the john lennon song imagine but like applying it to like seinfeld like imagine if seinfeld is on today so yeah, and you know, like, John Lennon's been very influential to many musicians over the years, so it, it just seemed fitting to, like, have this as our quote of the night for this particular date. Yeah, yeah, of course, you know, John Lennon, obviously, you know, post-mortem, happy birthday to, a, God, a legend, you know, and, and I, I, like I said, I didn't even know this existed, so when you brought this up, I'm like, you know, crossing over John Lennon with Seinfeld is something I, I never thought was even a thing. So uh, this sounds interesting. Here's the thing, though. I haven't seen this yet. I haven't heard it. So we're going to go ahead and play it right now, and I'll I'll get my first impressions <laughs> and see yeah, how this goes. So, so it's where it says um, time crisis with Ezra Koenig on the, on the page we have open, and it's like 41 seconds there. Cool beans. All right, so uh, without further ado, here is tonight's quote of the night. Too bad Seinfeld 2000 isn't here these days. He's a dreamer. All he does is imagine what if Seinfeld was on TV today. What would Seinfeld think of Imagine? He'd probably be a little hippy-dippy for Seinfeld. Yeah. Imagine Seinfeld back on TV. It isn't hard to do. Kramer, George, and... Elaine. Elaine, maybe Newman too. Imagine all the sound fits back on NBC. <laughs> you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. And then it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was, did he just make that up on the spot? Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> that was really good like that was impressive i love that yeah and it's kind of funny how there's like four characters and like both the seinfeld gang and the beatles had like a george in in them oh i didn't even think of it like that oh my gosh that's crazy wow (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, like there's not much overlap between the two things. So I was glad that like we we're able to like find that particular obscure audio. <laughs> well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you found that. I'm glad you uh, decided to share that with us because that's that's really cool, really timely. Uh, obviously, a great little tie-in there and uh, tribute to a great TV show and a great musician and just a great person. Um, so, yeah, that was also, fun. Here's a weird thing I noticed. Both quote of the nights I've suggested when on this show are from December 2016. Because cause, like, that's when that Doctor Who Christmas special from last time that I suggested aired. <laughs> Oh, I remember that. And this so is from weird. way back. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. 2016 was so long ago. Do you even realize that? Yeah, it feels like so long ago, but also not so long ago. It's it's weird. Yeah, that's like that's the year that Rogue One came out. I, I'm sorry. I, I all of my my perception of time yeah. is is based on Star Wars movies. Measured in Star Wars. Yeah. So I'm like Rogue One, man. Rogue One's been around for, for so long. Actually, not that long. It just just feels like a long time. But uh, wow, that was great. That was really awesome. So uh, yeah, thank you so much for that, Stephen. And uh, we'll uh, definitely. Uh, you definitely turned me on to something that I'm going to go back and listen to a couple more times because that was great. Okay, so obviously we're getting close to the end here on the show, but but there is but one more segment to do before we can close out for the night. Literally, if we don't do this segment... The podcast will die. Or we'll just we'll just be trapped here forever. The podcast gods will keep us on air, and Stephen and I will be stuck in perpetual podcasting prison, and we'll be stuck <laughs> here for eternity. Um, so we have to do this. We are My contractually... Gang was in jail. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to be trapped here at least for a year, like we're, like the Seinfeld gang. So, uh, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. Get out your hashtags. Put them in the chat. Put them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram... Anywhere a hashtag can be put down because it is time, one more time, for hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 Watch. But I don't want a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want a barbecue. Watch. <laughs> okay. All right. So I put some thought into this. I, I, I don't put thought into everything, but I put some thought into this. <laughs> And I thought, okay, you know, what's, you know, like one of the main places, one of the principal locations in the Seinfeld show is Monk's Coffee Shop. And, you know, you know how these diners can be sometimes, you know, usually these places, they've been there forever, they have a huge menu, and they basically serve just about anything you want. Um... I don't recall ever any, you know, Jerry, George, Kramer, or Elaine, you know, 
ordering anything barbecue related. But I have to assume that something barbecue related is on the menu. What could it be? Well, we know that they have salads, and I'm not sure if they have this, but like maybe they get like barbecue chicken and put it in the salad, so it's like barbecue chicken salad or something like that. That does sound really good. Or you could even get like barbecue chicken soup, which I mean, I don't know where you side on the debate on whether or not soup is a meal. <laughs> like, I don't know if you want to talk about that a bit, but yeah. Soup is cereal. <laughs> <laughs> no, cereal is soup. I'm getting it backwards still. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> right. I like putting milk with my chicken. No, not really. Okay, no. and, see, and see here. How do you – okay, we've done this to to death – but well, let's do it again. Me and Zach have done this so many times before. Barbecueifying something. One of Jerry Seinfeld's favorite meals in the show is cereal. Cereal. Oh How God. do you do barbecue cereal? How is that possible? I mean, I guess you could have. Uh, I, do you substitute? Do you substitute the s- sauce for milk? I mean, that sounds gross. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say like. Even if it's not technically barbecue, you could like have barbecue flavored cereal, but that doesn't sound really appealing to have with milk in it. No, no. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm not. I don't like this. I don't like where we're going with this. But man, yeah, I don't know how Jerry would feel about that either. But uh, he does order a lot of cereal. It goes to a restaurant and order cereal. Like, who does that? Yeah. Yeah, but... that is really weird. <laughs> but like cereal at a restaurant? Yeah, seriously. Like, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. But that's, that's, that's the show for you. That's Seinfeld. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if it, was, if it was something on the menu, if you're just ordering it off, like, they would probably have, like, a pulled pork sandwich, like a barbecue pulled pork sandwich, it probably wouldn't be very good because it's just a side item that, you know, they only fix like twice a year when someone is stupid enough to order it because it's, you know, they have all these club sandwiches or whatever else that everyone orders normally. Um, but I feel like there would be something barbecue there. and But the barbecue sauce probably wouldn't be very good because it's some, you know, they probably use Casey Masterpiece or something. And uh, I don't know. And the pull port probably wouldn't even be real pull port, whatever. But uh, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting. I, that is a real place. That Monk's Coffee Shop is oh, a yeah. real place in L.A. And I want to go there so bad. Yeah. And, and you got to wonder, like, how good is the food there? Because, like, I don't know. Because, like, it's a coffee shop. But there can be some really good coffee shops. So it really makes you wonder. Right. And... I don't know, there's so much, especially in New York, where it's supposed to be, you know, it's like, there's so many places to eat, you'd think that some places have to be good to, in order to, you know, survive. Um, or, I don't know, like, you, you gotta wonder, like, if, if Jerry, George, all those guys, like, they even enjoy it? <laughs> like, because it's just there, that they just go there whenever they feel like it. And it's just just because it's convenient, not because it's good, but I don't know. I mean, Elaine does like the big salad, I guess. Yeah, it does seem like a place that would just be very convenient 
for them. Like maybe it's close by and it's low effort when they might be in a hurry. But I- I'm sure there's at least some stuff that's like decent at least. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one day we'll find out. Maybe uh, maybe we'll we'll make a pilgrimage and, and find out. I I doubt it looks that way on the inside though. It's it's gonna be really disappointing because you like you see the outside like oh it's the place and then you go in and it's not going to be right. at all because the inside is like a, a set <laughs> like obviously oh my gosh well I think we did it Steven I think this is a show yeah we did it we've conquered the galaxies you know when, when the intro said all the galaxies all for you I knew that you meant me specifically <laughs> so I finally made it and this was accomplished so yeah finally <laughs> no, no, we, no. <laughs> we did all the galaxies and now we can end the show forever no yeah. not quite one day though one On episode day. 304 or whatever <laughs> like we've done all the galaxies we've got nothing else to talk about um like that'll ever happen good lord we'll ever get to everything we can't we we've already we've discussed some things twice three times <laughs> yeah most of the when you think about it, most media takes place in the same galaxy. It's so. all it's all comes from this little blue and green ball we're sitting on right now. You know, you know all yeah. of it. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this was so great. You know, first of all, thanks, Stephen, for coming on. Thanks for suggesting this topic. Thanks for co-hosting with me because. If not for you, I would be by myself talking to a wall, and and that that would not be cool. That would not be entertaining. So, uh, huge, huge thanks to you for for joining us once again. It's always a pleasure having you on. But uh, we can have some one on one time with you. That's fun too. Oh yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. You know, talking about the sign and like all the Seinfeldisms. It's like you, you know all these things that just never die because like the show and all its gags are just that iconic and it's there's probably like so much more we could have talked about but you know this episode can only go for so long you know right right i feel like we really only scratched the surface but like i said zach you know he got a little cameo this week but he wants to get in on this discussion i'm sure jake being the massive Seinfeld fan that he is. I know he wants to be in on this too. So, uh, yeah, at some point when we can get the band back together, we will definitely do, like, a full-on, like, top five Seinfeld episodes episode. So look forward to that in in the future at some point because we're going to be here forever for crying out loud. We're always going to need this topic for one week or another. And uh, so, yeah, look forward to that. But uh, as, of course... As always, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the IPC Podcast. You can follow Zach at Zach.TheVoice on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow myself personally at Ben Hart with no E on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow Jake at Jake Damon or at Jake W. Damon or at Patch on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So check all of those out. You can find uh, our sister program, our spinoff, whatever you want to call it, our R-rated spinoff. R-I-P-C is now on Fandom Empire. We're creating new episodes of that. Um, discussing random stuff where we can drop F-bombs and stuff like that. I mean, I won't 
but I know other people will. So, you know, if, you, if you're into that, definitely go check that out. Also, you can find every single episode of IPC over on StarWarsUnderworld.com. They are partners, and uh, yeah, get uh, get on their little network. And then you can also find us on iTunes. Of course, please subscribe and leave a five-star review because it really does help. Because, uh, you know, it's hard to get noticed these days. You know, it, it, there's so many podcasts, especially, <laughs> you know, sci-fi-related podcasts. Like, there's practically a million of them. So, yeah, uh, help us out. If you really enjoy the show, we uh, hope you do. And we hope that you'll take some time to support us because it really does mean a heck of a lot. As I mentioned off the top, of course, find us on Podbean. Go become a patron, patron.podbean.com slash Podcast, And then just find our general host site, ipcpodcast.podbean.com is where you can find every single episode. And then swag. Find our swag at tpublic.com slash user slash IPC podcast. You get t-shirts, you get huggers, you get all kinds, mouse pad, you name it. Um, some great stuff up there. Get IPC logo, barbecue watch, all kinds of good stuff. So definitely check that out. Um, Steven, please, you got a lot of stuff going on. Tell the people where they can find you online, where they can keep up with what you're doing. Oh, yeah, so I have a podcast called Delayed Replay, which yeah. is, yeah, we review the movies that totally, definitely came out this year. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, the most recent episode was on The Forever Purge. I had a couple friends from a Doctor Who podcast um, and, like, over, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, the next one that's coming out uh, as of when we're recording this uh, tomorrow at 4 p.m. Pacific on Channel 1138 is the Bob's Burgers the movie episode, and I actually oh had Zach gosh. on for that episode. Oh was, my goodness! Yeah, so if you miss hearing Zach's voice, there's your chance to hear it again. Oh, so he could be on your show, but he couldn't be on his own show. I see how it is. Jeez. <laughs> right, and <laughs> on top of that. Um, I also did an episode with Jake on the Pixar movie Soul, so that will be the one coming out after that. It'll come out sometime in the middle of next week, maybe like Wednesday evening, unless something conflicts with that. We'll see. But like, yeah, keep an eye on the delayed replay podcast feed. You can also check out past episode at channel 1138.com slash delayed replay. And you can also... Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Stephen Schinder, Stephen Schinder Storytelling on Facebook. I have a fantasy horror comedy novel called Lemons Loom Like Rain, which is available on Amazon. More info on that at stephenschinder.com. And I've also been writing and editing for Culture Slate. Yeah. And you can find them at Culture Slate pretty much everywhere. And there might be a little something Star Trek related uh, coming out of that. So, like, keep so an eye I've out. I've heard. I've heard some rumblings about some things. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely check all of that out. Support Steven. Does a lot of awesome, awesome work, both personally and went through some awesome places. Um, but, Steven, again, thank you so much for joining me tonight. This was a blast. Oh, yeah, it was much like Seinfeld, a lot of fun. 
<laughs> so it, it was, much it fun. Was something. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a show about nothing. Let's put it that way. It was an episode about something. Right. So uh, we got that right. Well, that's going to do it for episode number 304 of the IPC podcast. We thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. But before we leave you, we're just going to leave you with this closing thought. Serenity now! And we hope you'll find serenity sometime soon. Don't don't do that. You, you saw the episode. You know that's a bad idea. Um, Yeah, just have a good night, guys. <laughs>